wildly successful doing these pop-ups. I can sell more in like one hour and, in, in, you know, in person than I can like an entire week online. Welcome to Honest Ecommerce, a podcast dedicated to cutting through the BS and finding actionable advice for online store owners. I'm your host, Chase Clymer, and I believe running a direct-to-consumer brand does not have to be complicated or a guessing game. On this podcast, we interview founders and experts who are putting in the work and creating real results. I also share my own insights from running our top Shopify consultancy, Electric Eye. We cut the fluff in favor of facts to help you grow your e-commerce business. Let's get on with the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Honesty Commerce. Through technical difficulties, we are here. We are recording Anne-Marie Von Furley, the president of Adventure Town Toy Emporium, the beloved educational e-commerce toy store that cultivates children's curiosity by learning through play, is our guest. Welcome to the show. Hi, I'm happy to be here. Again, I'm Anna-Marie Von Furley, president of Adventure Town Toy Emporium. And we have amazing toys that we have sourced from all over the world. We have toys from 42 different countries selected for their innovation, uniqueness, and educational value. And I just love finding the best uh, toy designs that the world has to offer and then bringing them back to American children and making them happy and encouraging their curiosity and uh, making best, the best human beings that, that we can hope for. Now, this is usually when I ask people where this idea came from because you don't, as a kid, you don't want to usually do what they're doing as an adult. But this one is, it's the complete, kids want to sell toys. So <laughs> I guess let's tell me your story. How did we end up here? Uh, you've got kind of a unique past that segues into this business. So it all started back in college. So I always collected toys, really enjoyed play. Um, and uh, my father, who was very supportive, found out that there was the world's largest toy manufacturing convention in Nuremberg, Germany. And because uh, he's a clever man, he created an import company and made me the vice president as an 18-year-old so that I'd have the credentials to go to this big uh, toy convention. So they have... 14 football fields full of toys all over the world. And I went there when I was 18 years old. And I'm like, I knew I wanted to do toys, but I wasn't exactly sure exactly like what kind of toys I wanted to do. And they segregated the toys into different um, warehouses that are giant. Um, and so there's one for baby toys and there's another one for outdoor toys and one that's like all model trains. And I walked into the one with like wooden toys and I thought for sure like, ah, pff, wooden toys, one of the gigs, wooden cars, boo. But I walked in there and it was like the most innovative toys I've ever seen in my entire life. And then that's when I fell in love and I got my first degree in wooden toy design and construction. But when I graduated, the problem was is that... uh I tried to get internships over in Europe so I could learn to build wooden toys, but they were afraid that I would steal their ideas and take them back to America. And then in America, the toy companies were doing G.I. Joe and Easy Bake Ovens and like they were not doing developmental toys at all. Um, so I got a second degree in furniture design and then I accidentally became a fashion designer for 20 years. Um, and then, and then, uh, my son was born. And I was working on an international opera and I'd been working for three months straight, seven days a week. And he had three birthday parties in one weekend. And I, it was before like Amazon Prime. And uh, the go-to place that I normally would go buy was the lab library in downtown LA. And it was closed for renovation. I was like, ah, there's no toy stores. Like, where are the toy stores? I can't believe it. Um, 
And then uh, freaking out because I had no toys for three different birthday parties and no time to chip anything or do anything else. And I was like, ah, oh, I should I should have a toy. Store. I should do that. And so that sent me on a journey of like an Indiegogo campaign to raise money uh, to start a website and do the e-commerce site. And then, you know, COVID. So still no store, but but an amazing website and, um, and an app that I created for parents of children zero to three years old. So. Awesome. Well, we we glossed over something that I'd be remiss not to ask for a follow up on it. Now, like obviously, your fashion career is nothing to overlook, and just let the people know kind of what fun stuff you were up to uh, during your, uh, I guess, uh, adventure outside of toys. <laughs> by by accidental diversion for twenty years, um, I. Well, we did reproduction vintage clothing from 1910 through 1957. And in the beginning, we designed them for swing dancers because uh, my friend and I were swing dancers and we would destroy our clothing while we we're going out dancing. And she's like, you know, we should start our own company making reproduction vintage clothing. I'm like, no, we should not do that because I work for a startup perfume company. I skipped over that part. Worked for a startup perfume company in Berkeley. And the, my boss never got paid. And I'm like, I can't do this. Like, I need money. Like, it can't just not ever get income ever again. Uh, but they, the company got sold. It went to Minneapolis. I wasn't going with it. And so she wore me down. And so we started the company. And uh, after I moved the company to Los Angeles, I started working in the TV movie theater museum. So I had um, costumes on Broadway. I have costumes in uh, the Smithsonian. I've had costumes on Saturday Night Live and three Tarantino movies and um, Jack, uh, Zack Snyder film. And yeah, so, so yeah, accidentally did that. I think that's a very wonderful detour. But now <laughs> uh, you're, you're trying to find toys for some birthday parties for your son. You realize that there's no toy stores around. What is the next step of starting a toy business? Obviously, you did the Indiegogo, but what were you doing before the Indiegogo? Before I was doing the Indiegogo, I was, I was uh, yeah, that was it. That was that was the the very beginning. It was like found. I'd already found a company before, so I knew how to start one. So I just started doing all the paperwork for creating an LLC and bank accounts and URLs and all of that. And so. The Indigo Code was the, the like the first step after like all the paperwork business, uh, filing trademarks and whatnot. Um, yeah, and so we were successful in our Indiegogo campaign. I was hoping to dovetail that into like getting investors into a 10,000 square foot uh, experiential toy store where all the toys that were available could be played with. Um, but it was really hard hard to get people to invest in retail at the time and you know even harder after covid so yeah but but finding the toy so i went to spielbein messe which is the toy toy manufacturers convention i was mentioning in Nuremberg, germany i returned there i think 30 years to the day of being there the first time and went to start selecting all the awesome toys and boy howdy it was so exciting because the things that you get in the U.S., like you don't see the European stuff. You don't see the stuff from Asia. Well, other than stuff made from China. But there was so much innovation there that's just not brought over to this country that I just it was just I was a kid in a candy store. I just could not believe it. And it's so much so much easier to be a curator than a manufacturer because there's just so many. I've been a manufacturer for 20 years and. And I just really wanted the instant gratification of just selling something without 
every sale to be, uh, uh, you know, hours of my life that I'm, you know, giving up for each, each order. So I don't think I answered your question, <laughs> but I think somewhere in there, there might be enough information that feels like I did. Oh, no, it's perfectly fine. With the Indiegogo, though, what was like the offer? What were people backing? What was their rewards? Oh, gosh. So what we did, uh, the website, we divide all of the... Okay. My conceit with toys is that from zero to three, you really want to focus on developmental toys. So these are skills-based toys that are helping with child's development. Once they're around four, they start picking up their interests, right? So we separated the toys out into different categories. So we have like maker's toys. So these are the kids who like tinkering, engineering, like to build forts. And then we have another section for designers and those are all arts related stuff. Uh, we have scientists, so all kinds of science -y kits, like from anything from chemistry to nanotechnology to uh, uh, geology, um, ast astronomy, like that whole panoply of amazingness thinkers are kids who are like puzzles and games and brain teasers and storytellers are the kids that are do imaginative play. So stuffed animals, dolls, dinosaurs, whatnot. And, uh, and those kids are your storytellers. And I believe through observation that seeing what types of toys kids are drawn to is like their sort of their future, right? So the kids that are really into like nature and science are going to, they're going to be your scientists and the kids are playing with imaginative play, whether it's GI Joe or even video games, like these are your storytellers. Um, and you can just, uh, we invite parents to observe their children and find their interests, discover their interests, and then feed those interests to see what kinds of humans we create like what happens if every child's um interests are are cultivated over time like what kind of human beings we'll have in the end oh and so you're talking about indiegogo so <laughs> so getting back to indiegogo uh the, the prizes that we gave were in those categories so we had we had makers prizes we had uh scientist prizes and whatnot so it depended on the level that you gave at we had uh a big gaming event for adults um at a certain level um gosh this is like six years ago and i'm trying to remember what all the prizes were uh, t-shirts, some of the things that you imagine that other, have other people have given as well. And what it was funding was the website, the, 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 the website. Um, yeah, because I, 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 I didn't think out of the gate that I could get a couple million dollars for a toy store. So, so I, I set my, my threshold a little, my bar a little bit lower to uh, make sure that I actually made that. So goal. Hey there, merchant. Are you tired of trying to navigate the wild world of e-commerce on your own? Are you looking for a partner to help you achieve your goals? Look no further than the Shopify Plus agency, Electric Eye. Our team has a proven track record of helping our clients make millions with strategic design and development. Whether you're migrating from a legacy platform to Shopify, designing a new theme for your store, or just looking to optimize what you already have, Electric Eye is the perfect partner for you. Electric Eye are true Shopify experts. Not only is our Shopify knowledge unparalleled, but we have partnerships with all the best tech in the Shopify ecosystem. And don't worry, we're easy to get a hold of. Our clients rave about our fast communication. So here's the deal. If you're an e-commerce business doing over $1 million a year, you can receive a complimentary Shopify diagnostic from our team of experts. That's free, personalized strategic recommendations to improve your store and grow your business. To get started, head on over to electriceye.io slash connect to schedule an intro call with one of our experts. That's electriceye.io slash connect. 
All right, I want you to picture this. You're an e-commerce merchant juggling multiple platforms to manage your email marketing, SMS campaigns, and product reviews. It's a time-consuming and costly ordeal. But with Sendlane, those days of chaos are long gone. Sendlane brings together the power of email, SMS, and reviews all in one convenient place. So you can say goodbye to the hassle of separate tools and hello to simplified operations, increased efficiency, unified customer experience, and huge savings. And I haven't even gotten to the best part. With the all-new free Sendlane reviews, you can leverage social proof to build trust and credibility with potential customers. Let me say that again. Free product reviews. With Sendlane, you pay for email and SMS and you get reviews for free. Sendlane understands that customer feedback is essential for the success of any e-commerce business. That's why they've made an integral part of their platform without any additional cost to you. By unifying these key components of your tech stack, Sendlane helps you save time and money all while generating more revenue. Don't let your e-commerce tech stack hold you back. Embrace the unifying force of Sendlane and take your business to new heights. Sign up today and experience the power of streamlined operations, increased efficiency, and revenue growth. Visit sendlane.com slash honest to learn more and schedule your free consultation with a Sendlane expert. That's sendlane.com slash honest. You have a successful launch. What happens after? Obviously, you got to fulfill your your, your uh, agreements with your backers, but then what? Uh, then uh, we start working on the designs of the website, start curating the toys, um, putting them in the different categories, working with designers to uh, get all the visual collateral for the site. If, if you go on the website, um, we have an animated logo and we have all the different icons. I use the same designer who's just this amazing woman from India who's just got the most amazing vision. Oh, and you know what I did? The time I thought it would be really fun to use 99 designs. I don't even know if they're still around anymore, but basically like you put your idea out there and then a bunch of different graphic designers send over their ideas. And because I didn't really have a fixed idea of what I wanted the logo to look like, I thought that would be a really interesting way just to see what other people, how they perceive it. And uh, and then I narrowed it down to her and then her vision is just fantastic. And I ended up using her as well when we developed the app. Um, yeah. And then from there, uh, I tried to do a equity crowdfunding for for the toy store, but that was less successful. So So you found product market fit through the Indiegogo and you these things are, you know, they're starting to sell online. How do you find customers beyond the Indiegogo? How do you scale the online business? How are you getting these curated products in front of new potential parents and children and fans? So uh, while we were still trying to do the equity crowdfunding, we did pop-ups. Uh, we did over 200 different pop-ups around Los Angeles and got uh, got the toys in front of in front of parents in in a smaller scale, wildly successful during these pop-ups. I can sell more in like one hour and, and you know, in person than I can like an entire week online. Um, super validating. So exciting. What I love to do is some, because I think that 
children should be able to play with the toys before they buy them. So I set them up so they can be played with. And, and then the parents can see whether or not the children are engaged. And then while the children are engaged with the toys, they can say, oh, these are the different things that are doing. For instance, there's this amazing a mat with little nubbins on it. And each nubbin had a little tile with a letter on it. So not only did it have like this sensory feedback that was really soothing of like picking up the little tiles and putting them in the little nubbins, um, cause it's silicone, it was soft. It just like was really soothing, but also it's because it had letters. They were building their fine motor skills, eye hand coordination. They could learn to spell color identification. Like it was so much good. And I just sold the snot out of those because the parents are like, my kid loves it. And look at all the like educational goodness that is happening. Um, yeah. So, so that's what, that's what we did until COVID because then we could not be in front of people for two years. So that's a great transition. How did the pandemic change the trajectory of your business? March 2020. I even still have my calendar where we keep track of like we were doing pop-ups probably about 12 or 13 a month. And my calendar is frozen in time. I still haven't erased it because I just wanted to see like what like the before times look like. Um had to pivot immediately from 90% of sales in person to 100% of sales online, which is really tough because visibility has always been a challenge. Uh, back in 1998, when I did my fashion business, like back in the day, uh, I was grandfathered in. Like we were there in the beginning of e-commerce and never had any trouble like getting visibility, get 3 million hits a month. I was all fine. Now it's 20 years later. Uh, <laughs> There are 10 trillion companies out there and suddenly visibility is a hard thing. Um, so not, not such an easy nut to crack. So reached out originally to uh, parent groups and newsletters, uh, social media, trying to get people. It was right around Easter. Nobody could go to Easter stores or go to toy stores to buy Easter baskets. So found a way to, to change what we used to do in, in real life, which would be an Easter basket bar. Tried to translate an Easter basket bar, which is like a salad bar where you could pick all the components in your basket and then pay for it. Uh, had to turn that into something that could happen online. So spent like, I don't know, 18 hours a day with developers trying to like break the template in the <laughs> website to make it happen. And then uh, that was all very well. Parents said, you saved Easter. Hooray. And then August came around and the second wave of COVID hit. And I'm like, oh, man, this isn't going anywhere. And knowing that 80% of the brain is developed in the first three years of life, uh, I knew that the kids that were the youngest now was going to be like more profoundly affected than anybody because that's a use it or lose it situation. So decided that I needed to do something to help them. So created an app for parents of children zero to three years old to help optimize their child development with play-based exercises and milestone tracking and then a subscription box because we're a toy store and we've got 3,000 toys and we can pinpoint the different toys to put in the boxes to tailor to each child's developmental needs. And so that's really been transformational because still now we don't know whether or not we can open our, our store, but this subscription box that is the only one that's available that tailors to each child's unique developmental needs, whether they're delayed or on track, advanced or asynchronous. Like this is actually feels like to me, like this was where I was always supposed to be because I studied so much child development when I was getting my toy degree and I never could quite figure out like how to dovetail like 
toys and child development and helping children. And, uh, and now I feel like it's all sort of come together and it's like, this is my calling. This is, this is my, this is my journey, my legend. So if I'm a parent and I'm listening to this podcast and I'm excited to see all the awesome toys that you have, where should I go? Oh, so the the Adventure Town Toy Emporium is our uh, is our toy store, and the URL for that is adventuretowntoys.com. And if you are a parent of a child who is under three years old, I can help you help them with their child's development by going to fledglingsflight.com. Awesome. Anna-Marie, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Yay. Well, thank you for having me. We can't thank our guests enough for coming on the show and sharing their knowledge and journey with us. We've got a lot to think about and potentially add into our own businesses. You can find all the links in the show notes. You can subscribe to the newsletter at honestycommerce.co to get each episode delivered right into your inbox. If you're enjoying this content, consider leaving a review on iTunes. That really helps us out. Lastly, if you're a store owner looking for an amazing partner to help you get your Shopify store to the next level, reach out to Electric Eye at electriceye.io. Until next time.